Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 55 of the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community for the community. I'm your host, Emre, and alongside me is my bro, Yasin. That's right. It's an all-American podcast, baby. Oh, yeah, we're feeling good now. We're on top of the world. We played Bushwakshire. We won with a penalty from Icardi, who took a shot like a true American. If Sadler Miles was here, they'd probably throw a joke about guns. But damn, we don't care because they ain't here. We're going to exercise the First Amendment today. And it is how it is, baby. Yasin, how you feeling, bro? Yo, uh, I'm good, man. Great intro. It's, it's just you and me today, man. We got the guys are MIA. They're, some of them are on vacation. Some of them are at the game. You know, they, they watch the game live. I'm very jealous. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here with you, man. It's just you and me. We can do our own thing today. I'm glad you liked the intro, man. I hope uh, everyone else likes it as well. But yeah, it's just me and you for, for once, you know. It's a, it's a different type of uh, experience. But hopefully everyone enjoys this uh, episode. I'm pretty sure everyone's feeling good right now. And they're excited to hear us talk, I hope. But yeah, like Yasin said, the rest of the lads couldn't make it. Our boy John is at the game, was at the game. He had a good time. He sent us some pics, you know, some videos. He'll talk more about it when uh, he's on the pod some other time. With that said, we got some talking points. We got quite a bit of talking points today, even though it's going to be just me and Yasin. It'll be a long one. So where do you want to start, Yasin? Do you want to start with some rumors or do you want to start with our opposition losing some points? Um, I think we can kind of stick to the usual schedule and just talk about recent news a little bit. And included in that recent news is obviously our position, our opposition, I should say. Um, you know, they they thought uh, they were catching up. A lot of fans of our own thought they were catching up. So things are starting to get a little bit nervy. But, you know, it's May. Uh, May is the month of Galatasaray. And, you know, it started off pretty good for us, I'd say. Um, unfortunately, the Besiktas game last week was the last day of April, so that that didn't align with our May schedule too well. But right. you know, it's it's a new start for us, and it's a great one so far, I'd say. Um, but before we get into the opposition, just quickly, quickly touch on some Galatasaray news. Um, first one is regarding our youth player Beknaz Almazbekov. Um, you know, maybe you guys saw the first part of the news, the the end part of the news, but just to clarify everything, uh, Beknaz on Instagram, um, he he looked what looked to be a goodbye letter addressed to the fans. Had a lot of guys worried because we've been excited to see Beknaz be included in the A squad and become a part of this team uh, for the future for quite some time because he's done a lot for our youth team. Whether that's score a lot of goals, free kicks, or just you know be a good uh, a leader uh, in terms of his character on the pitch, um, we have we've seen loads of examples of this. And it looked like he was leaving, and then a lot of people got worried. There were there were rumors that you know said he might go to Fenerbahce, and that was 
and that was all very quickly shut down you know he he posted something on Instagram story of him pointing four fingers when they when they beat Fenerbahce youth team in Kadıköy in Fenerbahce's stadium. So that shut down that rumor real quick. And then somebody wrote to him on Instagram and said, "Hey, are you leaving?" He's like, "No, there's there's no such thing like that." So hopefully that denial is true and he does stick around because I think a lot of people are excited to see what this kid becomes on the A team. Fenerbahce shenanigans at play. I see. I, I did see a lot of those uh, rumors saying that, oh, Fenerbahce is going to sign him uh, next season or something like that. Okay, bro. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the the funniest part is, Emma, like, it, it was so believable, too, because it's it's not so much of a, you know, a, something towards Beknaz himself that makes it believable, but more so Fenerbahce's interest because, you know, it's a tale as old as time. Fenerbahce just being interested in Galsai players, Galsai coaches, ex-Galsai players. It's it's something that we see all the time, brought up in the news, sometimes at night, sometimes not. Sometimes the players 10, 15 years later bring up the news and say, hey, Fenerbahce offered me three, four, five times more money, but I said no because I love Galsai. So unfortunately, these things will probably continue to be the case for the longest time. Um but it looks like our players really do love the club and their experiences here. And right. more often than not, they, they don't really go down that, you know, uh, that dark path. <laughs> the ones they, that do, you know, we see what happens to them. So yeah. <laughs> be, by, by all means, take whatever you can from us. Because if we don't take them, that means they weren't worth keeping in the first place. So, Well said. All right. So what else do we got, Yasin? Um, one of our own. Uh, Budish Alperyuma signed a contract extension until 2026-2027 season. This one kind of came out of the blue. Um, I, I actually don't know when his contract, his you know, ongoing contract was supposed to finish. I assume he had probably a year or two left, but now we locked him up for at least three, four more years. And that's a good sign, honestly. Uh, Budish Alperyuma's, even though he, you know, is under a lot of criticism sometimes, uh, you know, rightfully, you know, if we're going to criticize him, we don't do it with no merit. Uh, but he's 22 years old. Um, he's turning 23 soon. And he offers something on the wing that uh, doesn't really, you know, not all players have that same skill set, his speed, his strength. Um, so let's see what's to become of him. You know, we, we've had the conversation many times before, but he might be a striker like Burak Yilmaz one day. That That's kind of the ceiling that we've put on him. If he gets anywhere near that, good for him and good for us. If he doesn't, then he's not really an expensive signing. He's not an unexpensive contract that I'm aware of. So good for him. Um, that one was official. Um, on on a rumor side that's kind of related to that is Kedem is apparently also uh, up for an extension himself too. Uh, some very reputable sources are saying that it's already signed. It just needs to be uh, announced. Um, that that rumor came out soon after his, but it was probably too close to the Basakshir game. So I assume they're going to wait until maybe a couple of days after uh, this game is now finalized. I, I Don't be surprised if you see something midweek between, before our next game versus Sambuspor. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see that we're, we're tying up Kedem. Um, I'm really curious if it's going to have some sort of, you know, release clause or not. But Dursun isn't doing the old, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but he's not making the same mistakes as last time. He's not doing no uh, Ozan Kabak type shit, right? Because yeah. last time, yeah. we, look how we lost him. 
I'm yeah, not a big absolutely. fan of Pumpkinhead, but you know how it is. I'm glad he's not making the same mistakes anymore. That's we've all asked, you know, internally, and we've actually put our thoughts here as well. Is Dusan Ozbek going to make the same mistakes again, or is he? Did he learn from his mistakes? And we can quite well see that he did learn from his mistakes, and that's a, a, a like refreshing thing to see. You know, people actually learning something and changing for the better. Yeah. And I think this ties to the conversations that we've had and the rumors we've seen of Erden Tumur, Dursun Özbek, and his team already starting to think about next season before this one finishes. And, you know, at, at, at face value, you might think, okay, what's the next transfer, right? Are we going to sign a new striker? Are we going to sign this guy? Uh, are we going to make this loanee permanent like uh, Rashica? But all part of this plan is also to take what we currently have and make sure that they stick around and that they're happy going into the new season and they finish the season strong. Because the last thing that you want is a player that's uncertain about his future, heading into the most important stretch of the season, and then going into the summer as well. You want your players to enjoy their summers. You want them to relax as much as they can. Of course, every situation is going to be a little bit different. Cardi's is not going to be that simple. But if we can make the simple ones like Kerem and Barish happy early on, that's a great exactly. idea. So yeah. I'd love to yeah. see it. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think the other person that's probably more likely to be able to sign is Rashitsa. Because Norwich actually lost today. Um, who was it against? Against Blackpool. And keeping their odds lower from, you know going up to the Premier League. So I think we're going to be able to uh, grab Rashidza there. Hopefully we'll get the, the duo package with him and Icardi. Hopefully, man. I, I love Rashidza. Um, let's see what happens with that. But he's, he's doing a great job so far. Yeah, man. And there's one more topic that I want. I think it's more appropriate if I introduce this because, you know, you know. Go for it. You know. <laughs> All right. So on Twitter, um, many of you probably know Nevzat Dindar. Um, he's very close to the club. He gets a lot of inside information, which usually turns out to be true. So, I don't know if you guys have followed any of the social media since yesterday. Oh, well, it's Monday as of recording. But after the Fenerbahce game, um, Erman Torolu, who's on Aspor, was recently, you know, revealing some st- stuff, like, like important things. Like, he was saying how Dale Orta was going and calling up observers and asking them to change their uh basically their score on a ref's performance right and they were telling them oh change it and they didn't change it i think one of them i forgot who it was i can't remember off the top of my head but what i do remember is after they they didn't change it and they sent it in he no longer got any games he wasn't assigned any games after that and so hearing this According to Nevzad Dindar, he's saying after all of these allegations came out to be true, or well, not true, but from Erman Torol, and seemingly a lot of it seemingly seems to be true, and you can correlate it by seeing that the ref hasn't got any games since, you know, that incident. Galsar are going to ask for in- the investigation of Lale Orta after the statements of Erman Torol regarding the intervention of Lale Orta and the observers who report on the matches. These investigations include listening to phone records and investigating every game since she took office. Now, I'm pretty sure you will find something if this actually goes into fruition because there's no way in hell 
I mean, this should have happened way before when she was going on beaten and telling them to, you know, not show certain viewpoints or certain angles of certain positions. Well, I don't know, Yasin. Am I going crazy here? Is how like 30 million fans going crazy here? I mean, I think smoke doesn't come out of a place where there's no fire. Um, well said. Is, is all of this, are all these rumors true? Maybe, maybe not. But if there's something new coming out every single week from a different mouth every single week, then you really have to question why this is the case, right? Um, you know, are, are we necessarily getting butchered every single week? No. Um, sometimes refs are fortunately not the star of the show. But there's not just our games. Other games are played in the league as well. And there's a lot of inconsistencies. And more than just what's on the field, the decisions that are made behind, as you just mentioned, are very controversial. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what's going to come of this, Emre. There's, there's a lot we can really discuss. In my honest opinion, I think she's going to be a goner by the end of the season. Um, Adam Tumor says that he has a lot that he's going to uh, publicize at the end of the season. Um, reporters are saying that there's investigations going on and whether there can be lawsuits held with the information that they are finding. And I think she's not really going to be able to make it alive out of the position that she's currently in, just because of all the controversy. Um, you know, if, if Galsai do become champions, that might change how things uh, play out as well. Um, if, you know, the rumors are true and, you know, she was brought in to kind of help Fenerbahce become champions... You know, that's probably, you know, I'm just assuming, right? Like, I, I don't want to instigate too much, but, you know, that maybe that's because of Ali Koch. And if Fenerbahce don't become champions, like Ali Koch promised they would, who knows what's going to happen to him and his position. And with that, what's going to happen to Lala Orta and her position. So a lot can change. And I just really want us to focus as much as we can on the football that we have ahead of us, which is what, at this point, three, four games left. And... We're doing a pretty good job of it. It's obviously really stressful, um, but you know, Emre, why is it my stressful? Wish is it, it's stressful because you know uh, we want to become champions, and we think we deserve to become champions, and we played like champions for most of the season. We've had ups and downs. Uh, right now, the last couple of weeks, we aren't our best, but you know. No, but you why do you feel why do you feel stressful? Is it because of the way we're playing, or is it because you know this Tefefe and uh, MHK is corrupt as hell, and at any given moment they can come and screw you over just on a whim? Is because that's what most people are afraid of. Because they're not looking at you know our opposition and thinking, damn, they play some good football. I'm really concerned because I look at Fenerbahce and I'm thinking, wow, they don't even deserve to be chasing us for this uh, the title and you look at most of what their own fans are saying yo we can't beat anybody on the top of the leaderboards and the bottom of the leaderboards we don't deserve to be champions so is it really our play or is most people concerned about the the political side the whole ref side yeah that's a good point i i, I think you have you have a good point um, a lot of it probably has to do with the ref side and the inconsistencies and the bullshit that we see but the reason why I still say it has to do with us as well is because I think if we play our game, um, like like the footballers on the on the pitch and Okan Hoja and the decisions he makes, if they play their A game, even hell their B plus B game, 
we should be winning these games comfortably because we've seen it. We, you know, we we've seen the games we've absolutely dominated, and we've seen that the refs have nothing they can do about those games because we're just com- like completely dominant on the pitch, and our players are more skillful. We create more chances, but lately, it's getting too com- it's too close to comfort where. To your point, the refs can change the outcome of the game exactly. because we can allow them. So I think it's a mixture of both. Of mm-hmm. course, you know, there's no perfect world where we can or any team can play to their aid capacity every single game. It's just not possible because they're stressed out too. And this stress is beyond the refs. It's it's the, as I just mentioned, you know, the the want to become champions. The You know, there's a lot of demand from the fans and... You know, it's not to a point where it's toxic. You know, the fans are wanting what they see is possible, and that's a championship. They know that the squad we have and the coach we have should deserve and deserves a championship. We are clearly better than every single team in this league by a margin, and we've proven that many times. And the fact that it's so close is stressful because... God forbid we make a mistake, the ref makes a mistake, the other team shoots, has the best game of their life, and all of a sudden, it's now a one-point difference, and we're going to head into the last game of the season and potentially lose at home to Fenerbahce and have them lift the trophy. I mean, these are worst-case scenarios, right? Like, I, right. I don't think that it it, can that's going to happen. It could happen. But the stress is there. It, it's there. And, like, you can't deny that however confident you are, you can't deny that that possibility scares you. So that affects us fans, and undoubtedly it affects the players too. But um, Okan Hoja is a golf side player in and out, you know, from youth to coach to player to everything. So he's lived it. He's been coached by Fatih Tatum himself, the legend. And that, that's a mentality that you can't, uh, you can't just, not everybody has it and you can't learn it either, but he's experienced it. So... Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens, Emir. We're the only team so far. I, I believe we're the only team to have beaten everyone in the league this season. So I feel like we definitely deserve the the championship. But deserve and want is two different things, right? Yeah. Actually earning it in the end is the important part. And so far, we have a five-point lead. And part of that reason is Fenerbahce tied yesterday um, against Giresunspor. Uh, likely candidate for being relegated. So it was a 1-1 draw, which I, honestly, I felt like Gitterson could have actually taken the win that game. And, um, you know, if you were to look at it from an outside perspective and just, I, I scrounged around the internet and I really don't feel like Ben Arbacher are going to be able to recover from this. Like most of the fans are just done and like, I don't know, they're done. Like, in and out. They don't really believe in a championship, especially when you can't beat one of the the worst teams in the league. You know, quality-wise and play-wise, Gittersun hasn't been doing well at all. And if you're not... They haven't been able to produce anything. They look at the hands of Arda Güler, who <laughs> is probably their best player, and they're depending on this 18-year-old kid. It's kind of like how we were depending on Kerem last season to produce something. It's exactly what they're doing right now. Except they're not yeah. in 13th place. Um, but yeah, dude, I, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, where's my thank you? I mean, come on. Yes, I think shout out to all the Gerasun, Luz, and Yasin. Thank, thank you. you. 
Thank you. And, you know, another thank you I deserve for wearing my Gerasen Sport jersey as I watch this game. You know, whether that's the reason or not, <laughs> Gerasen Sport actually got a point. But hey, you know, every every little thing counts. And yeah, man, like Gerasen Sport played, I'd say, better than Fenerbahce that game. Like, they maybe a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I felt like they should have a, gotten three. The full three yeah, points. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I think we deserved it. We being Gerasen Sport. I mean... We had a little bit of that new coach boost. You know, we unfortunately let go of our prior coach after some time. I think change was needed for both sides. And hey, you know, I, I was following Gerasen Sport online and, you know, on social media and the fans and everything. People were excited for this game. And we really, we really thought that we can do something. And, you know, a, a good result against Fenerbahce at home was something that can maybe change our fate in this league and whether we get relegated or not. And yo, how, how about that celebration at the end? Did you, did you hear the song? Emre? Oh, how can I miss that? <laughs> Telling for, for someone not who, to cry. Yeah. For those who didn't catch it and didn't see it. Um, as soon as the final whistle blew at Kirasun versus Fenerbahce and the game finished the tie, the, the announcer like immediately starts playing Fener Alama. And like, I'd say most of the stands and most of the fans there start singing along. And there's tons of videos where people are not only singing like the basic chorus, but like the part where you curse as well. I mean, I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but if you know, you know, if you don't check it out, um, it's pretty intense. But yeah, man, I I didn't expect that. Uh, the the Gidafson Sport Bushkan ended up apologizing today to Ali Coach. Apparently Ali Coach called him after the game and was like, what the hell is this? And he's like, yeah, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't know That's why they're being little babies, you know, because like this happened to us before. I believe Konyaspor acted like this. There's all, oh, how can R- I forget about Rize? Exactly. Rize Spor, Kaiser Spor, Sivas Spor. They yeah. all act like this towards us, but you don't see our unit team crying. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <sighs> It is what it is. They they tied Emre. Now the point difference. Well, the point difference. I was gonna say became, that five. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, How are you feeling five. about that? Five point now lead. It's five, indeed. So we just won today against Pashakshir and five points, man. That's is that with the same amount of games? It is okay. It is. So we have we have one less loss, one less draw, and two more wins in front of Bach, Meaning we're a five point difference. That is huge. That's huge. Like, that gives us a lot of comfort going into the last four games of the season and knowing that the last game is at home with Fenerbahce. Emre, I don't know about you, man, but, like, the goal, you know, should not just be championship at this point. It should be becoming champions prior to the Derby so that we come out of the tunnel on that last day, where it's as champions, and force them, make them, put them in a position where they have to applaud us, make them hold flowers, do the whole nine yards, and really like rub it in their faces. I don't know, man. That's what I want. I, that's what I, I want. I, <laughs> look, you can want that. <laughs> Wanting is different, but there's a whole different side to that. What if the complete opposite happens, you know, and you never know? You wouldn't want that to happen to you. Yeah. But, but, we have a five-point lead. You know, it's funny. Fenerbahce wants five stars. 
Besiktas wants five points, you know. But on both of them, we got a five-point difference. Look at this. Yeah. God's yeah, looking out they, for us, man. <laughs> yeah, Besiktas is funny, too. I mean, I, you know, if you guys listened to the last podcast uh, with Bob and we talked about the Besiktas type, I do have a soft spot for Besiktas. From your uncle, um, I, I, I listened. From, 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 my, from my uncle, my Anishita and... You know, they, I never really saw Besiktas as a club either that were like in toxic, especially nowhere near the levels of Fenerbahce. So naturally, I had like you know a little bit more respect for them. But like uh, to the fans of Besiktas, like these guys are doing math already, like some sort of calculations, like they're gonna you know come and potentially win the league. Like, come on, let's be realistic. I get it, and huge respect. Their form is immaculate. Like they're they're playing. Next next level of football right now. You know, they beat us 3-1 last week. When I said next level, I mean per, per the league standards, right? Like, they're, they're doing damn well. They beat us 3-1 last week. They deserved it. Of course, the third goal was in the last minute. Not to really talk too much about that game again. But they're doing well for themselves. But, like, are you not watching Galside this season? Like, do you think that Galside is just going to all of a sudden, you know, uh, absolutely shit the bed the last couple of weeks? I get it if you think... You can pass Fenerbahce, and that might happen. But you think Galsai is going to all of a sudden get up, give up this many points that you're going to all of a sudden become first? And that's assuming you win all your games? Like, let's be realistic. But that goes to show how crazy this league is, right? I guess everybody yeah. has a little bit of hope. You give everybody a little bit of food, you know, a little bit of snack, and, you know, they they, they ask for everything. They they all of a sudden, they, they can, you know, reach for the stars. I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe we're the same way. I don't think we are. I think we're being very realistic. And, you know, with that said, I'd, l- I'd love to get into the game. If yeah, look, else. You're, I agree. There's a difference between us and Fenerbahce. We, especially when it's May, we go into it with full throttle, full force, baby. Um, and Besiktas <laughs> need to lay off that paint dinner. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's one thing to dream, but uh, I don't know, man. We, I don't think we'll drop it that much. Look, listen, they, we have five points and a game in hand, okay? It's, it's not that simple. But yeah. with that said, I think we covered most of what we wanted to talk about. And uh, let's talk about what everyone wants us to talk about. The game. Bashak Share, 1-0 win. Yasin, take us into the game. Yeah, let's do it. So, I mean, we we pretty much covered leading up to it, right? The you know the arrivals and how they did, how they didn't do, and the point differences, and that obviously got the vibes very, very good heading into the game. Our our good friend John um, on the podcast, he was at the game and he was sharing pictures, he was sharing videos. Uh, you know, I don't know if you kept up with Rodop and all, and you know the videos before the state, you know, before the game outside the stadium. People felt good heading into this game. Of course, it's our probably last most difficult game if you don't include Fenerbahce, but people felt good. Dude, and, dude, right. dude. I'm, I'm just going to say this. Today, I have never been more confident that we were going to win as I was today. Like Besiktas, I didn't feel too good about it. I didn't say yeah. it because I usually don't say it. But this game, I woke up today and I knew. I'm not going to say why I knew because... Whenever I, I reveal something, <laughs> you know, something like this, it turns like it, I just like jinx it, right? Okay, just like last okay. time. So, you know what? I'm keeping it to myself. All right. All right. I respect it. And hey, I felt good too. And I'm not, I'm still trying to figure out why. I don't know if it was because 
the fact that Fenerbahce lost points and or because it's May or because we're at home. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's everything, but I felt good heading into the game as well. And, you know, we, we started off that way. Um, so I, I guess I'll get right into the lineup. And guys, there's there's not a lot of changes. Again, Okan Buruk is really sticking with his 11. The only change this time, again, is our kind of weakest position. It's the only one that's really uncertain. And that's our left back position. Sam sat on the bench and Kazim John made an appearance at left back today. And we'll get to it. But boy, did he put in a performance today. And... You know, was it godly, different out of world, you know, all that? Maybe, maybe not. But was it above our expectations? Absolutely. Uh, so Kazim John on the left, Abdukerim, Victor, Nelson, Sacha Bowie is our back line. Sergio, Lucas, you guys already know it. Kerem, Rashica on the wings, Martins in the middle. Icardi, our only goal scorer up top today. Pashakshir, I'm not even going to waste my time ah, going through the lineup. Who cares? Emre Belezola, welcome back. Bashak Sheh, welcome back. Good to see you. You got lucky last time in the cup game, but we reminded them um, of the score from last time and you know what it's like to lose again, and we won today, so that was really good. I wonder what Mamut's take to me his wife's doing right now. <laughs> you know? Is she making those stupid faces at Mamut? Oh, really, really dad, curious. Yes. Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned that actually. Um, I, I totally forgot about it you mentioned it, but Bashak Shea's tweet today. Did you see that before the game? I, I we yeah, both forgot to mention dude, it, but famous last words. They're so stupid, man. Like, I, I like swear do to you God. remember last year? I, no, not nah, last year. When last time we became championships, so they were like, Oh, we've never woken up into a championship day or something along the lines. Or yeah. woken up as champions. They talked yeah. so much shit and it blew up in their face. Bro, like I, I don't know if they do this stuff on purpose, if if they like to just play on on the edge or what it is. But how do you make a tweet like that before you play Galatasaray away twice? Twice, you, like you, you expect to learn your lesson the first time. I think at this point they were just memeing. I tell think the tell first people time, tell what the tweet was the second tweet because right? people haven't seen God, it yet. God, I I think I have to find it, but um, I'll paraphrase it if you want. Go for it. Yeah. It's like, it's literally the same thing. We never woken up, you know, yada, yada. But this time they said they never woken up with 60 million people supporting them because they have like no fans. So, you know, majority of the yeah. fans are everyone else's fans. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, I, I saw I saw fans of like Bishkitash and Fen like people who absolutely hate Bashak Share for, you know, government reasons, um, their connection to the government. I respect everybody's opinion. But yeah, they, they hate Bashak Sher and they're like, yeah, you know what? Today is one of those days where I'm just going to support Bashak Sher because I just don't want Gossite to do well. Like to all you people, screw you. I, I hope you're happy. I hope you're not happy. I hope you're very upset and I hope you're going to enjoy watching Gossite become champions. Hopefully. You know, you know what was uh, Gossite's response after the game? Tell the people. Guys, you know what they said? And they replied, oh, 85 million people know that May is ours. Damn. What, what, what a tweet. What a, what a Baller move, bro. Son Gulen and Yigulen, bro. That's, that's that all is, I have to say. That is true. That is true. So, Yasin, take us through the first half, second half, and uh, give us your general thoughts on the game. Yeah, so I think, you know, just uh, before we get into the positions, I guess, I, I thought we started off pretty strong. 
good press. Um, actually, you know what? I will get into the position since it wasn't all too many. Minute three, Mertens uh, back to back to back positions. Kenan put a nice through ball behind the defense. Uh, Icardi had a shot. Goalie saved it, deflected to Mertens, took a shot, deflected. Back to Mertens, took a shot, deflected. Back to back to back, led to a corner. You know, the fans got excited very quickly uh, from minute three. Uh, fast forward to minute 14. Uh, Toreda had a great chance. He had, he had a volley that was the def- a, a header that was deflected from Icardi into the middle of the box. Toreda was a pretty damn good volley, which happened to deflect off the defender. No goal, uh, but it's still a good chance. Minute 28, Sacha put in a great cross. Kerem headed it right to the goalie, unfortunately. Would love to see Kerem kind of find the side of the net a little bit better. Maybe he should take some note from Icardi, but still a good chance nonetheless. Minute 41, we had a controversial position. Icardi was taken down in the box. Defender kind of took the ball and Icardi at the same time. No VAR, no call, move on. Uh, It was controversial. People got a little bit upset about it, especially because we were doing pretty damn well in the first half leading up to that. But we still didn't have a goal. So people were kind of getting a little bit anxious. Uh, But fortunately, we did find that goal before half in uh, the five extra minutes in the first half. Sergio put in a nice cross from the left side. Uh, I guess Bashekshire player thought he was playing volleyball or basketball. I don't know what he thought, but his elbow and his arm was out like a chicken. Um, he was trying to fly, <laughs> I think. Um, so he, he thought it was an owl. Th- he thought it was an owl. I don't know what he thought he was, but he wasn't playing soccer. The ball hit his arm. Uh, ref stood there, listened to his mic, got called to the VAR, gave a penalty. Fortunately, I thought it was a very clear position. Bro. If they if they did not give VAR to that, I was going to lose it. And I know you would have too, man. Dude, you know what kind of ref this guy, Umut Melad, is? Bro, I watched the replay. When that handball happened, this man didn't even look at the position. He turned his head away to look at something else. Like, what are you doing? What kind of ref are you? Bro. Imagine there was no VAR. You know, I mean, to be fair, there wasn't VAR most of the season anyway in our name. But like after that whole Icardi thing, which I thought was a penalty. And I only say it's a damn penalty because of the things that I've seen in this league. The pens that were given in this league, mostly to one team in particular. But regardless, it should have been a pen. But if they didn't give this, that would be scandalous. Scandalous. Yeah, I think people would have really lost their minds, like you said, especially after that earlier non-call, uh, just a few minutes before that. Um, this one was very clear, and I would have been shocked if they didn't call us a penalty. And hey, um, that's not the whole part of the story, right? Like, we, we can get penalties, but we have to finish them too. And, you know, that leads me to discuss Icardi's goal. Um, did you feel comfortable with Icardi heading into that uh, that position to to take the penalty i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna even front i thought like someone else was gonna take it i thought like sergio Oliveira would take it or someone just not icardi right because this he already missed three pens so far in the season so his uh record isn't great but this man i don't know he came up there like a damn boss he shot that ball so hard man i thought the net was gonna tear apart yeah, dude. dude, that was actually insane. If if he scored that penalty for Argentina in the last final game, they would probably put up a trophy for him because that's how incredible that penalty was. I'm not going to lie, dude. Like, I was worried too, Emre, especially, you know, recent... Uh, the Panenka. Panenka, that was... 
that's, that's still so got stupid. me. That that's still PTSD. Pisses. Yo, it's so bro, dumb. Bro, you know, you know how like before players take penalties, it shows you like their last penalties, like with like a circle where they scored and where they missed. Yeah, he had like three so, or something. I'm from yeah, three. Yeah, like two or three missed penalties, and I saw the spot where I know he fucking hit that stupid panenka, and I was just like, <laughs> I just like relate that in my moment. I'm bro, like, who Icardi, shoots a panenka to the right side, bro? I cannot. <laughs> Please, like I was like, he's definitely not gonna do it. I just hope he doesn't overthink it again. And my God, bro, that like, I was like, damn, like you know that meme where like the two guys go like back in their seat, like damn, like that yeah, was yeah, 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 the Chris Tucker meme, like yeah, damn, dude, that, bro, that was me, man. God damn, like even if the goalie guessed that side and he knew he was gonna hit that side, he still would not save it. That's like it was, it was a bullet. It was low. It was to the corner. Like, he was laser-focused. And, man, like, if I'm a Bacek share player and I see that, I'm like, this motherfucker ain't fooling around, man. Like, yeah, goddamn. Yeah, Cardi's a true American. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting bullets out there. That was really good going into the half. And uh, it really changed, I think, probably projection of the rest of the game. Um, so, heading into the second half, it was much lower to start. And... Um, you know, I think there's a lot that we can discuss uh, in terms of how that shaped up. But um, in terms of positions, just to quickly get through it, um, Bashakshir in the 62nd minute got pretty damn close to the goal. Emery. Oh man, dude, my heart stopped. I remember, I know what I, you're talking about. I lost, I lost some of my years, man. You want to explain it? Okay, so they 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 shot a corner. And from this corner, it deflects off of Kazimjan because he like misplaces his uh, foot and it yeah. goes backwards towards our goal. It goes past everyone and right past the post. Dude, you don't understand. Some like, you you ever, you know that, that meme of um, Dedin Galasarai where all the people in like priest robes? Yeah. Are, <laughs> I swear to God, it's, it, it's like some f- magical force stopped it from hitting the post and going in and it just <laughs> went straight out bro dude my heart yeah. completely stopped for like five seconds i thought i was gonna pass out dude, i can't imagine like, what john felt at that that point you know what i mean yeah. like he's there live not only was john there live for the listeners john was like on that side of the pitch on the right side so like where the corner kick came from He's basically there, like, in, you know, the middle section. So, he sees this pretty much, like, directly from the side. And the the reason why I say that is because he probably couldn't tell immediately if that ball was going towards goal, like, in the goal or just wide. So, his heart probably sunk in that moment. <laughs> and I, I, need, I need John. We might have to do a little bit of flashback when, whenever he does return home and he's on the podcast. I really need to know what he felt in that moment and I need him to explain it to people because my God, dude, like everybody in the chat was like, I felt like I lost years off my life. It felt like slow motion. Like that one position felt like 10 seconds. But fortunately, it didn't go in. And that's all that matters, right? Um, It didn't go in. And hey, even if it did, it was a minute 62 and we still had at least 30 minutes to turn things around. But uh, moving on, um, because enough of that position. <laughs> Minute 79. And I thought this was probably my favorite moment of the game, uh, even better than the goal, even though we didn't score. I just found it so interesting. And it, it, it was even more unique 
because it was against Pacek here. And, I, and, I, and I'll explain why soon, but it's a corner kick. We get a corner kick from the left side. Um, it's a minute 79. I'm sure you'll see it on the replays too, if you guys want to look back. Kedem takes a corner kick and he takes it prematurely before the ref blows a whistle. You know, ref always has to blow the whistle when he's ready, right? Um, make sure he's looking at everybody. Kedem takes a corner kick before the uh, ref blows a whistle. Abdul Kedem heads it and he scores. Everybody celebrates, but ref says, no, 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 no goal. I didn't blow the whistle. Kedem's upset. He laughs it off, goes to take another corner kick. He takes corner kick number two. Abdul Kerim meets the ball again, and this time it skids off the crossbar. Same spot. Defend- same spot. Defender takes like the slightest skid off of his head, goes for another corner kick. Abdul Kerim is like, are you kidding me? Like, I just scored. It didn't count. And I just headed the ball. And because of a deflection, it hit the crossbar and is out. He's like, oh, my God, help me here, right? Corner kick number three. Emra, this is my mind right now. Can you imagine that Abdul Kerim heads the ball again and scores on the third one? In my mind, I'm like, third time's a charm, surely. And then the other part of me is like, dude, are you kidding me? Like the chances of Abdul Kerim finding that three times in a row and scoring, what what are the chances of that, right? So I laugh it off. I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. Kerim takes a corner kick again. Abdul Kerim heads it again. And this time, the defender, for fuck's sake clears it off the goal line like he's in like the most perfect position to clear it and then it goes out for i think uh you know we got the ball we ended up crossing it um and then we couldn't score but it was another good chance but three back to back to back corners emre back to back to back corners from kerem back to back to back headers from abdul kerem almost scoring or scoring obviously no goal but i thought that was so cool and emre like the reason why i thought this was so interesting was because this reminded me of uh, our but the year we became champions with Başakşehir, and we scored over and over and over it again. Kept getting canceled, <laughs> and it kept getting canceled, bro. Like, like what? What were you thinking during this moment? Bro, I, I thought I, it was so interesting. I'm gonna probably look at it from Başakşehir's side. All right, let's let think about this logically. Let's say you're a Başakşehir defender, right? He scores it the first time. It was, it was, you know, it got called back. They're probably thinking, all right, all right, we got to hold him. But he's probably going to try something different, right? They do it again. We do it again. It's like, all right, all right. There's no way they do it a third time. And then he does it again for the third time. I'm pretty sure they're just like shitting their pants, hoping not to concede another corner. And, yo, you got to give it to Kedem, bro. I know up to Kedem is... um. Hitting though, but this dude is hitting it at the same spot. If you don't hit it into the same spot, you're not getting <laughs> those good, positions. So Kenna, that's man, point. that's like pinpoint accuracy, bro. Yeah. Good, man good is sniping him. out there. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And to add on to what you just said, I, I'm pretty sure it was after those corner kicks where Bashekshir kind of just got shook. And like we were we were pretty much controlling from then on. I think maybe I think it was because of the subs in minute 74 as well. But um yeah that that's that's pretty much the main positions of the game uh like i said we had one controversial position we had one goal which fortunately and unfortunately came from a uh, a penalty which was 100 percent deserved i don't want to hear anybody say uh, otherwise so a goal is a goal um don't don't put your hand in the air if you don't want to let up penalties so that's all i have to say for that 
But we got three points. Biz olsun, bizim olsun. That's all we care about right now because it's the final stretch of the season and three points is all we need. We don't need to prove to anybody that we play. We need to score seven goals, six goals again. Um, this is all we need right now. Um, so with that said, Emra, I, unless there's any other positions that you want to talk about, I, I want to talk about some other things about the game. Um, and I'll let you kind of pick and choose how you want to get started, but we can talk about I the think subs. You gotta, uh, yeah, go ahead. You pretty much pointed and touched on every single portion or majority of the, the game, but uh, I'll, I'll bring up more parts as, uh, as we go along. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to quickly touch on the subs, and I think I bring this up first because I was really disappointed during the game to see how late the subs came and I wanna, I'm gonna kind of let this, let you talk about it first. But Okan Hoja made the first subs, two of them, minute 74. Um, Martins and Zaniolo in. Oh no, Martins and Sergio out. Zaniolo Micho in. And the second set of subs, minute 88. Rashica and Kerem out. Barisha Alpen and Khan Ayhan in. And the last and fifth sub was minute 95. Kazim Jan out and Dubois. Uh, in. in so yeah. what are your thoughts on this and leading up to it give me everything uh okay look there's sometimes a coach doesn't need to make you know subs just for the sake of making subs i've seen teams do well without like you don't have to make subs every single time early on to make a difference or because sometimes the game is going well and you don't really need the subs this time around, I do feel like most people's, you know, issue with it is warranted, especially with Mertens and Sergio. I think the Hoja could have done it a little earlier, maybe like the 65th minute-ish, because, dude, Mertens was gassed. He could not run. You could see it in his face. Uh, Sir, dude, everyone's going past Sergio as if he's like a traffic cone, okay? He was gassed as well. And uh, while I'm over here talking about Sergio, I got to say, he's... This was one of his worst games again. Agreed. Right? I, I don't feel like he did. I, to be honest, Mertens as well has not been good since he came back from injury. Like, he hasn't had a great, great game. He's not bad by any means, but he hasn't had a great game. Yeah, dude. And I guess Rashidson and Keram could have came a little bit earlier. Those could have came in like the 75th minute. Because those are also two names that weren't doing that well, to be honest with you. And, like, the subs that came in, I think they made a big difference. Like, once you saw Mitchell and Zaniolo come in, we, like, kind of changed the perspective or the the the, the trajectory the game was heading because they were coming at us. Quite, yep. They didn't get close to us, really. They, and this is another fact. Apparently, they we are the only team so far in the league that hasn't given them an opportunity to shoot from within the box. So, all of their shots on target came from outside the box. Impressive, honestly. So that's big ups to our defense. We'll get, we'll touch on that a little bit more. But yeah, dude, I think, yeah, look, could the subs have come on earlier? Yes. Is it the end of the world? Maybe not, since we won. But it could have potentially blown up in the Hoja's face, and he needs to be a little bit more active with it, a little bit more proactive. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I'm going to be a little bit more, um, critical about it than you were i think because go ahead there's no duchess to stop you from speaking your mind today bud <laughs> appreciate it i think given how we lost first and how fresh those wounds are 
even though I, I admit I am moved on from it. But during the game, that's not how I felt. Um, the game wasn't over yet. It was tough to see because we were clearly, very, very, very clearly not in control of the game, especially in the midfield. And to your point, and I agree 100%, Sergio was playing what I consider a bad game. Was he awful? Was he losing balls and, you know, giving up terrible positions in the defensive end? No. But was he good? No. Absolutely No not. as well. No as well. And when you see your midfielder, the core of your midfield, right? He's basically the core of our midfield. He's a number eight. He sits be- between our defensive midfielder, Torreira, and our attacking midfielder, Mertens. So he is the central point of our team. If he's having a bad game, that's going to affect everybody. And that's going to especially affect our midfield. And seeing him play that badly for that long and Okan not make a single change pissed me off to no end. Because I was so afraid that because of that, they were just going to keep on attack. And they were. I mean, to your point, they didn't have any shots inside the, the, the 18. Kudos to our defensive back. We'll talk about our defense soon as well. But they were incredible. But, man, I, Okan, I really freaking need you to react a little bit quicker than that. And Sergio, I think, is a guy with a good good mentality. I think he's a good team player. I think he's very mature. And I think he should be able to handle coming off a little bit sooner if he has So I mean, Okan's not afraid of this. I mean, we saw it, right? I'm not going to discredit Okan Hoja now. He's taken off big names and big players at halftime many times before this season when we needed it. Yeah, like Icardi. Icardi, Torreira, he hasn't started with Torreira before. Like, these things have happened. So it's not like Okan Hoja is not capable of it. So why are you waiting till minute 74? I, ju- I just don't understand, especially given how the last week played out. So um, I didn't like that whatsoever. And to your point, man, those subs came in and the game changed completely. Misho brought on so much energy. I get it. Misho is not as good as Sergio in the attack, but he brings energy. And that's what we do so well, Emre. Like we, you know, uh, to to move on to, I guess, a different part of the game than this time positive is how well this team presses and attacks and it keeps high pressure. Because that most of that first half, we dominated because we didn't let Bacheksher do anything, Emre. Like our defenders, whether it's Kazim John, Sasha Bowie, Abdul Kerim, Nelson, or Torreira, we didn't let them breathe. Like, if the ball is coming in the air, through ball, whatever on the side, our defenders were on the ass of every Bashakshir player in the attack, like on in our end and their attack. We didn't let them, like, if the ball was coming to them, we made them think, is Abdul Kerim on my ass right now? Is his foot about to go between my legs <laughs> and get the ball? And when you're an attacker and you get that fear, you kind of can't, act the way that you normally want to you 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 think twice and when you do get the opportunity to shoot you're gonna you're gonna probably fuck up because you gotta think just, twice and stuff you yeah. think twice you're just not on your game and that's what our defenders do so well and that's what misho does well you know in that case that's why i thought sergio really couldn't come on earlier but um yeah man kudos to our defense and did you did you see those stats after the game do you want to talk about that yeah, let me uh, point him out real quick for those that didn't see. I don't know if this is a first or not, but Jesus. So for every, you know, fight for the ball in the air, the one-on-ones, up to Kidim won all of his. So basically everybody on the back 
four line, won yeah. all their uh, battles, their duels. Uh, up to Kidum, nine out of nine duels won. Nelson, nine out of nine. Bowie, nine out of nine. Cosm John, three out of three. That's insane, bro. Dude, that's crazy. Like every single one. That's 30 for those who didn't count. Bashak Sheer put a long ball in the air on our defensive side 30 times. And every single one of those, our defenders won. Dude, that's insane to me, Emre. Like, goddamn. Yeah, man. Sheesh. If you want to talk about defense, you got to talk about Torreira, man. Torreira is, is the backbone of this team. I'll say it, man. If you don't have Torreira, I don't think we would be where we are without Torreira. Dude, how does a person have this much of a, of a collective streak going, you know, playing well? You know, he's so consistent. I think uh, one game, I think he had that was bad. One game. And, but the rest of his game, dude, he's everywhere. He's, he's taking the ball. He's like moving around. He was doing it quite better than Sergio Oliveira. Dude, Sergio Oliveira kind of reminded me of Satchuk's old form right before he <laughs> retired, bro. Pass to the side, pass to the left, and pass back. I've never seen Sergio pass back to Muslera and stuff. As much as I did this game, it drew Bro, me was, insane. He, that's a good point. He was getting even like, I don't want to say whistled, but like fans made it obvious that like. Yeah, they were like sighing like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like I, I, I'm over there going, what the f*** are you doing, bro? Bro, like every other time he did it, he like kind of like put his hands up, like relax, relax, like let's take it easy. Yes. And like that's good. Like, I mean, overall, that's another comment I have. Like the team played super smart this game. Like they, they didn't make stupid passes in the back. I mean, Musleta, I think he had a couple moments again, unfortunately, that were a little bit scary, but... Um, overall, I think the defense and midfield played smart. And I guess that's what Sergio was trying to do. But like every single time, like if the, if Torreira is passing the ball and Torreira is in front of you, so he's playing back to you, like why do you need to play it even further back? Like how safe do we have to be? Like did you just not experience this, the problem with the Musleta recently where you pass it back and he passed it to you and you lost the ball? Like... Why are we trying to potentially get into these situations again? Like, there's no need for it. Like, take the damn ball and play it across. Like, he, I feel like he's not playing with confidence. Him. Like, do you, do you think that's what it might be? Like, has he? Well, yeah. Does he see the feedback from the fans? Like, he's really close on social media. I, I think he follows what people are saying. And I'm afraid that, like, he might have lost some confidence. I, I can't explain. I can't think of any other explanation. Both. Both Mustera and Sergio are, like, probably two of the players that lost a lot of confidence as of late. Muslera isn't on his best form. Actually, he was pretty decent today, to be honest. But Sergio, I think Sergio took the basic touch game way too hard and just trying to play as safe as possible. Because I, like I said, I like you said, pardon. I think we came out in this game to play a little bit of a balanced game. Like we did come off strong in the first 25 minutes, mm-hmm. give or take. But like we started like slowing down because they did start finding some, you know, um, opportunities by throwing the ball behind the defense, specifically Bowie with Sadar Gulat, and they almost found a couple of positions like that. Nothing came out of it, but yeah, like Sergio in general was just on edge, bro, on edge. You could see that he was not playing with the confidence that he usually plays at, for sure. 
But I, yeah. like I said, I guess that's a product of the last game. But give it a few, like another game. Let him get back in his groove. We got Misho, who, dude, Misho, ah, dude, this guy's like Schrodinger's box, man. You never know what you're going to get. He's either going to be good, he's going to be great, or he's going to be terrible. There's no in between. You never know what you're going to get. Unfortunately, he's on the good side more often than not. Um, but yeah, I, 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 for the most part, I trust Misho. Like if, if we need him, I feel like last week too, um, when we put him on as a sub, I think he positively impacted how we attacked the game. And, you know, he's, he's not an attacking midfielder per se. He's not like a number 10, but because of his pressure and his ability to carry the ball forward from the back, think like, um, remember NDIA back in the day? Yeah. Like, he was a defensive midfielder, but like he would take the ball. He's like an eight. Yeah, he would bring it up, and that—that's what Misho is. To, well, Misho is actually not a six at all. He's a—he actually is an eight, but I think he's more of a defensive eight. Um, I could be wrong here, but he does a pretty good job bringing the ball up. He—he he has decent pace. He can dribble with speed. He's not like you know the fastest dribbler, like you know uh, Onyekuru or something, but he can still do a damn good job bringing the ball up, and he has a confidence to beat a defender or two in the midfield. So, I—I I think we should trust him a little bit more and. Not be so concerned about having to play uh, Sergio longer just because he's Sergio. Um, right, right. But, you know, I guess we'll see what happens there. I was going to say, like, I don't know if the team is just in general not playing the best they can. Like, for example, our pressing, I don't know what happened. Is It's not on the same trajectory that it was before, you know. Our pressing was immaculate. But as of late... Teams are, I don't know if they got used to it. Our pressing isn't as good. And we would use, we used to get a lot of positions that way. And um, I would not, we're, what do you think is the cause of I that? Think Sergio, dude? Sergio, Sergio. I'm so glad you brought this up because I didn't take note of it, but I did pay attention to it in the game. Torreira presses, Merton presses, our wings press, Icardi presses, our defenders press up. But the only guy that doesn't really do a good job pressing where he needs to and positioning himself according to his teammates presses is Sergio and I and I and I kind of realized this like you know pretty early in the game and so I paid even more attention to Sergio he's kind of just like out there running sometimes and it's really upsetting because Torreira would press one guy and like Sergio's like in the same damn area just like wandering like if your teammates pressing one guy your job as a teammate is not to press the same guy. Rather, it's get to the guy that he can pass to so you cut off passing lanes. Yeah. So that you give exactly. him no options. And by cut, cutting off his passing lane, then you can either win the ball or allow your other teammates that are pressing their and cutting their passing lanes to win the ball. To your point, we previously were way better at this. But I think... Your pressing and your team game, especially press-wise, your team pressing, is only as good as your weakest link. Because if your weakest link is not doing his job, that means there's an open man. And if there's an open man, these guys are professional footballers. Like We can, we can call out good ones and bad ones, but at the end of the day, they're professional footballers. And they're going to most likely see that open player and make that pass. And when they make that pass, then the press that the rest of your team made kind of goes to waste, right? So yeah. I... I saw that weakness, and that's also why I wanted Sergio off sooner than later because he was ruining the press. And that that also, you mentioned Mertens, why he's not as effective. I think that's affecting Mertens as well. Mertens is 
my God, he's running out there like he's 25 years old. Good for him. But he, he, you can't expect He's running Mertens. endlessly, bro. He's just running endlessly because at the end of the day, they're just like passing around and he's just running around like a chicken, bro. Like a headless exactly. chicken. Exactly. Like how can you expect Mertens to take the ball and do something impressive if he's so busy running and sprinting and pressing all the time? That's why I think Sergio makes the job more difficult for Torreira and Mertens. Torreira, you know, thank God he's he's incredible. And mashallah, like hopefully he stays that way. He's really doing an incredible job covering Sergio's jo- uh, position defensively. But like to what, to, how much longer can he do it for? I don't know, but we'll see. But yeah, man, uh, Sergio really needs to pick it up. And I, I hope Ocon re- can communicate that to him and help him fix it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude, I think we touched on most of the things. Um. One thing I wanted to touch on was um our lack of attacking threat. Like, for, for example, like we mentioned, Kerem and um, Rashica was not on their A game today. I, even though Icardi scored the goal, he wasn't on his A game either. And we weren't just, we, like, we found chances, don't get me wrong. But, like, a lot of the chances was blocked by Bashak Shir. I got to give it up to Bashak Shir's defensive line, especially, uh, what's his name, Leo Duarte. Leo Duarte and uh, Umar Sh- Ali Shahinad, bro, these guys, how they were the best players, basically. Duarte was insanely, I think this is the best game he's played ever. He was everywhere, man. Everywhere. He stopped Kerem in his tracks. He stopped Icardi a couple of times. Like, I like respect where respect is due. I think if they, if we only scored one goal today, it's mainly because of this man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean... I, I can't really say any better than that. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad Cosm John is finally, finally in the in the starting squad. I think he cemented his spot today after his uh mm. performance. What do you what do you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I I was really impressed with him. I thought he played uh very mature actually for a guy for a kid who's 20 years old. Um. Who hasn't been playing consistently, let alone you know playing much at all, even as a sub? Um, he's been pretty MIA, I'd say, right? And when you when you see a player like him make a return uh, in a game like this with this much stress, as we discussed earlier in the pod, you, you might expect him to not really live up to standards. Um, and he he did exactly that. He played with fight. He played with you know uh, you know strength. He he gave his all. There were moments. I'd say there were a lot of moments where he was able to like completely outpace the Bashakshir wingers. Um, and he would make a challenge, he would win a corner kick, and he would really get excited, and that would get the fans excited. There was one position, I think in the second half, he won a corner kick on the left side, and like he just like fist pumped, like he like he roared like a lion, man. Like that's what he was on the left side, and the fans love to see that. Um so it's it's really good to see that from him. After the game, he spoke really uh, maturely. Uh, they, he had an interview and, you know, they asked him about the season, the championship and his, his role. And he said he was happy to uh, get the opportunity from Okanhoja, um, how he was able to take advantage of it. And he hopes that he can continue to play. And he was just really mature. So I'm excited for him. Hopefully he, he focuses on building muscle and, uh, you know, figuring out defensive and attacking responsibilities at the same time. I think he's going to be a really good left back. And maybe for the Militakum too. Um, so he, Yeah, he we definitely need that. it for the, uh, the national team. Yeah. Because that's still undetermined. 
Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, you pretty much said everything I wanted to say about Cosm John. Um, the only thing I would say is I kind of feel bad for Ide Kukbe because a lot of people really, really hated on him. But like, guys, remember, this guy was playing at Karagimruk, right? And it was Karagimruk, right? Am I crazy? Was it another team? Hatay Spor. Hatay, I'm sorry, Hatay Spor, right? And Hatay wasn't that great, okay? And we can't be expecting him to put in crazy performances. Like, this this is what you're going to get from Adi Kukbe, right? So let's try to, like, you know, ease it down a little bit with, with the negativity. But I'll give the fans uh, a big one up. They were awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love the guys. When the fans are in the zone, we're in the zone. So, yeah. I think pretty much we covered everything in the game. I think we're ready to move on to the questions. Yes, some yeah. questions. Uh, do you want to read it or should I? Sure, I'll read it. Go for it. Um, all right. So we got a, twi- a question on Twitter from Nico, our boy Nico, at NicoContour1. He says, a win was obviously a move in the right direction considering Fenerbahce drew. Was the overall performance convincing enough looking at Icardi, Mertens, Kerem, Torreira, and Oliveira? So what I think he means is that, like, you think this performance that we were, that we gave today enough to carry us to the championship i think that's what he's asking that and just overall like as a fan um were you were you happy with our performance today yes we got the win but looking at the players and the overall team performance are we satisfied like do we feel good about how we played today i I think that's what he's asking yeah well i felt like we played pretty decent i like it's not our best but i think the mo the overall point was do not lose this game right we didn't go in risk, you know, complete risk like we did um, against Fatih Karagumruk, you know, against Pirlo's man, where we just went face first, risk, 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 full on pressing and conceded three in like 10, 15 minutes. So I think that that was the point and, and why we didn't seem as good throughout the rest of the game after the 25th minute, which is I'm fine because I think this game is enough. Like, come on, this is Bashak shit still. It's not some random team out of the blue. It's still Bashak shit. They're still going to want to win, right? So I think we did pretty well. And I think it should be enough. I think we'll increase the, 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 the intensity just a little bit more considering we have a little bit of a buffer in points now. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, uh, I think we kind of briefly talked about it. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't the best game, I think. Um, I think we could play better. Um, you should always Shir, play better, of course. Yeah. My my prediction last week was three one win. Um, given Bashakshir's recent performances and how they've been doing, and I, I thought we would be able to use this game as a really confident bounce back. I expected better in the attack. And to answer, I guess Nico's you know specific questions about Icardi, Martins, Kerem Torred, and Oliveira. We just talked about Oliveira. Um, he he was not very good today. Um, but that can change. Martins, I think he can pick it up, but he needs the help of the midfielders around him. Icardi, I thought, made good runs. Um, we actually didn't really talk about Icardi too much in detail during the pod. Uh, let's touch up on it a little bit. I, I Personally, I felt like everyone was just trying to find Icardi all the time, nonstop. Kerem and Mertens in particular. Sometimes yeah. Rashid says, well, I think we got to stop with that. Just go for the best option, not give it Icardi and pray. Mm-hmm. He does his best to get involved. I think when he doesn't get the ball uh, for a good portion of the game, like first half, whatever, like if he, if he constantly makes runs and he doesn't find it, I think he kind of gets cold a little bit, as they say. 
And then when he does get the opportunity, he doesn't always take advantage of it. I'm not sure. Like it's it's he's a tough one, but I think he's been doing pretty damn good for the most part. Kedem, I thought was pretty poor today. I thought he attempted way too many chances, like too many uh long balls to Icardi that were just yeah. terrible. Like I don't like I was actually really upset with Kedem. He's having a dip in form for sure, Kedem. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. Um Hopefully that contract helps <laughs> when it becomes maybe, official. Yeah. Uh, or maybe the the whole conversation threw him off. Uh, maybe it's been ongoing for a couple of weeks now. I, I don't know. But Kerem does need to pick it up. I, I was hoping today he would play pretty well, given it was against Basakshir. But that wasn't the case. And Torreira, like, Torreira, everybody already knows he's probably they consistently one of our best players, if not our best player. You know, if, if you were to pick one player this season that's had the the best, the most consistent games, I would probably say Torreira. He's Him and been, Nelson, probably, I would yeah, say. He's very good. So, yeah, overall, performance convincing enough. Not really, Nico, but, you know, we take these wins um, at this part of the season. So, move on. Moving on to hopefully the next game and another win. Hopefully, hopefully. All right. Another uh, comment or question from Twitter. Our our friend, Jesli Limon, he's in our Discord. He's the GOAT. He's our boy. He's also at the game, actually. Uh, he asks, meet up for European bros when? Well, Limon Jum, I don't know, my friend. That would be something you got to ask the guys. But if you're ever in uh, New York in our, t- our part of the woods, uh, you let us know. We'll come find you. We'll show you around. Yeah, and that applies not just for Gossali Limon, but like if any of you listeners are you know, listening for a while and you want to join the Discord, you know, come by whether you're in New York or whether you're in Europe and you know if you guys build a relationship or anybody with on the pod usually people are down to meet up um we we've met up before several times between a small group of us but if everybody's interested in watching a derby or something I'm sure people are more than willing to get together and do something as long as it's within proximity of course but yep that's that I think we can move on uh to Mr. Buckers Emma um yeah so all right so this is questions from our discord this one doesn't seem to be quite like a um question but he says we are close enough to the end of the season to possibly start discussing the squad needs for the upcoming season uh one potential is to discuss the squad needs to play at an international pace while using our known squad for the upcoming season i guess he means like in the league um i it, it is important for us to start thinking about this for sure, because you want to get your squad complete before the next season starts or before the the European competitions start. Because I feel like we get burnt on this a lot. We always start losing, especially when you have playoff games. Because let's not forget what happened with Tudor. And yeah, when we played all stats wounds, the team was terrible. And it needed time. So you, you kind of need time. So I feel like if you... Get your squad in check and ready to go, somewhat ready to go. It, it's only going to benefit you. And I feel like separating the duties might be a little too much because we saw with Fenerbahce, right? They have a very big squad and they would like split the teams. But I feel like in the long run, that's not that great. Because listen, there are teams out there that play with the same rotation, Real Madrid. For example, they play with the same rotation for the league and for the international games, right? They might not be doing well in the league this season, but they did it last season. 
they want. And uh, so it's possible. And I don't know if we have the right, we have the money. Like we're not Manchester City, right? We're not going to be able to get every single position that we need and have a really good player there. So I think we're going to have to make some compromises, Justin. I don't know what you feel. Yeah, um, I, I think we do need to figure out our squad. Um, and I'm sure we're doing it in the background, as we mentioned, you know, with the uh, extensions for Budish and Kedem and lots of rumors going on with who we're interested in uh, for next season. But we definitely need to figure out a couple areas, um, starting level roles, um, left back, um, even though Kazim John played good today, I think we still need a very good left back next season. Somebody that we can count on game in, game out. And obviously you want somebody young, right? Emre, like that you can go on international duty, come back and still be good to go. Not players who are going to go and need some time off or going to be right. restricted with minutes and you're not going to get the same performance. So, um, and we, we likely will have sales too. Uh, it could be Nelson. It could be Sacha. And when you have sales like that, you need to replace them. And then you need to replace younger players with other younger players so you can continue to sell and you can continue to buy. So there's a right. lot that needs to be thought about. Um, Icardi, is he staying? Is he not? We, and the whole Gomez incident recently. So <laughs> is Mohamed coming we also, back? Yeah. also have a ton of players coming back from loan as well. So there's that. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot that could be discussed and... I think it's a conversation that's better in detail for a different day. But um yeah, I think you covered a good high level answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, basic the only position I hundred percent know we need a backup is Merton's spot. Like they need to be looking for something there and trying to keep it cardi. But like you said, that's for another day. All right, so this is our final question, Yasin from Zanio Lismo on Discord. He asks <laughs> About Zaniolo, so how do you think Zaniolo has done so far? Has the transfer been a success, or would you hope for more given his status as a league record signing? Good question. Do you want to go first? No, you take this one. Zaniolo. Um, I think he's below expectation so far, but, huge but, it's tough to really ask for a lot and to expect the expectation like the the expectations i think are fair but immediately is not he's joining a team that's very established you know i would say very it's not like we've been together for years but six months in halfway through the season he joins a team that's doing very well very well and he's the the guys that are starting in his positions are pretty much earned their positions right he's like coming Rashitsa, Kerem, uh Mertens you know these guys are the ones that he's basically replacing sometimes or coming on as a sub on for and yeah. he, he's out to prove himself right um he he came from an unfortunate situation at Roma and there's a lot of expectations obviously he's young he wants to obviously do well immediately and move on to the next destination. Let's be 100% honest here. Zaniolo did not come here to become a Galside legend. May he? May he not? That's to be determined. But that sure as hell is not his initial intention. And if you think otherwise, I will argue, I will gladly have a discussion with you or anybody about it. But I don't think that's the case. And with that said, 
I think he's trying too hard when he comes on the pitch. Yeah, that's what I would say. I think, look, is he what we expected him to be? We expected him to come and just shred the league like he was shredding Italy. But let's not forget, this kid came from a pretty heavy injury and he's still mentally not stable, I would say. Because he, like he, like you said, he wants to prove himself. And when he does that, he makes mistakes. And these mistakes compound onto his uh, lack of mental, you know, state. Um, but regardless of all that, like you can see this kid has talent. Like the way he moves, the way he shoots at times, the way he controls the ball, his speed, his physique. is is It's like if this kid doesn't become something, like if we don't even just make our money back, not even, I'm not talking like profit, like don't make our money back, that would be a surprise to me, to be quite frank. But I, I can see him, like, if Rashica does not work out by some, like, I don't know, some issue that arises, I can see him taking the reins and being more comfortable and starting to uh, improve. Like, he's already starting to improve in my eyes. I don't know if you caught this, but he's not making stupid fouls anymore. Like, I don't think he had a single foul this game. Yeah. Like, the fouls he usually makes, right? That's something that I observed. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think Right? So, he's incrementally improving. Yeah, I think people also expect him to put a little bit more hustle on the pitch, uh, press. I think his pressing is not nowhere near the level as the rest of the team. They're 35-plus-year-old Mertens does a better job pressing. Rashica obviously does a better job pressing. And again, I think um, Zaniola just needs to understand what this team plays like and what's expected from him. Um, it's not easy to come into a different league and just join in you know flawlessly not everybody can do that that that's yeah that's tough and i think for us to make a proper determination on him we need to give him a proper preseason with the team with okan yeah. and his assistant and, and until then if anybody's saying that he's a flop is overreacting truly i think you're overreacting if you think he's a flop already may he turn out to be a flop very possible anything is but you need to give him time. You need to give him a chance. It's not like he's done absolute jack shit this whole time. He's scored yeah. bangers before. So, like, just give him time to figure out what his place is and how he needs to play. That's it. Yep, yep. I agree, man. Just give him time. I think that's the, that's the remedy. Well, that's the end of our questions. And uh, let's just get your thoughts on the Istanbul game. But I'll just give mine first because I'm the host. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think I think with this momentum that we have, I think we're going to win that game. I hope. I'm not gonna give score predictions, but you know what? I'm gonna tell you on the day of because I usually get my um my feelings, my thoughts, like uh-huh. that he's you know that that he's inside you. I yeah. like I'm I I'll tell you day of, and then you guys will have Yasin as a witness. But what do you maybe, what about you, Yasin? Maybe you shouldn't do that because you haven't done that before either, have you? Like how you, I mean, have you done that before? Have I done what? Tell us, tell me your feelings before the game. Well, I, I like my, I, I will never tell, like I haven't done that, but well, if I, like if we win after the game and I say, oh, I knew we were going to win. I felt it. Is that going to be, you know, legit? Well, after the fact, I guess it's okay. Yeah. Right. After the fact, but then I can, how do you know I'm not making it up? Mesa, just continue to do what you've been doing. I think it's been working, so no, no need <laughs> to right. switch it up. So I All guess right, you're, not, you're not giving prediction. Um, fine. And just just to quickly give some uh, background or uh, info about the game, um, be aware, guys, it's next Tuesday. There's there's elections going on. 
in Turkey, uh, if you don't already know that. Um, so our next game is Tuesday, May 16th. So eight days from the day of our Başakşehir game, which was today. So don't, you know, maybe you can use this weekend to do something productive uh, instead of watch the game and all the uh, post-game stuff that you might otherwise. <laughs> that definitely applies to me. Um, and Sasha Bowie's suspended next game versus Istanbul Sport. He, that he is got right. a yellow card. So, so stupid um, the way he got it. Unfortunately, he's missing the Istanbul Sport game. But fortunately, that means there's less of an, a risk of him missing the Fenerbahce game when that game does come around. If it matters at the time, we'll see. Um, seven Istanbul Sport is seven points clear relegation. Um, so they might not play with as much worry and uh, desperate, you know, uh, intensity intensity so we'll see about that it's an away game it's still a sp- stumble sport it's still an stumble game but it's technically away so we're not with our own fans we beat them 2-1 in december last time we played so that's that's nice to know and they're in decent form uh they beat Pashakshir not that long ago the, the last loss was like four or five games ago at the beginning of april so they're coming with confidence but i'm, I'm sure we will too and with that said I'll predict a um I'll predict a two nothing win away. Two nothing win. Yeah. All right. So let's see if our lads can take down Fati Tikke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So that's uh the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as uh Yasin and I have. With that said, visit our Instagram, our Twitter at the Lions Den GS. Leave us some comments, questions if you have. Don't forget to subscribe. And um, also, hit us up for a Discord invite and get your very own GOAT status. Yup, we give out these GOAT statuses like candy. Anyway, till the next one, lads. Take care and peace out.